It's very strange because the Lord wants us to speak today about something that we've already spoken about before. But I'm convicted today that we must speak about it. So let's turn to Hebrews chapter 9. Okay, I want to talk about two different words here. And um, both these words are in, are in Greek. One is Hagiazo and the other one is Katarizo. Okay? Two different words. They are meaning two different things. And we must understand it. Because both these things God has done for us by the death of Jesus on the cross. What does Hagiazo mean? Now, Hagiazo basically means we get it in um, keep your keep, keep your mark Hebrews 9 but go to Hebrews 13 verse 12. Can we all turn to Hebrews 13 verse 12? Hebrews 13 verse 12. Can somebody read? Somebody else read also from some other version. Read it. Okay, so her version says, Might make holy, yours says, <coughs> Sanctify. Right. So that's what Hagiaso means to make holy, to sanctify. You know what that means? That means, um, how do I put it? If I sanctify this, if I sanctify this and I make it holy, I attach to it a very special purpose. It's a normal object, it's just a container. But if I sanctify it, I attach to it a very special purpose. I make it sacred, I make it holy. Okay? Once it's made sacred and holy, can it be used? Casually. Can it just be treated casually? No. It is set apart. It is holy. Correct? It is holy. It is set apart. It is set apart for a special purpose. It is sacred. Okay? Hagiazo basically means to make holy. And I think we must understand this. There's two different words here. One is to make holy or sanctify. Now, it's this word Hagiazo. That um, basically gives us the English word to be hallowed. Right? Hallowed be thy name. Have you heard that? What is the meaning of hallowed? Hallowed means your name is sacred. Your name is holy. It's not something that can just be used casually. Right? That's why I, I, I tell a lot of people, stop saying, oh my God. Even if it is just OMG, 
let's face it, we are not, <coughs> we are not really meaning it. We so casually say, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Who is God? Your father-in-law? Can you just take his name just like that? No, 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 no. His name is holy. He's sacred. And so I personally have changed from saying, oh my God. I said, oh my goodness, at least. At least you're not taking the name of God. And you're not taking the name of God in vain. Because the name of God is holy. So holy to sanctify is to make something sacred, to make something special, set apart and usually for the purposes of God. So you set something, you make something so special, you set apart that thing for the purpose of God. Correct? Yes? Are you with me so far? Now I want to get to Katharizo. So go to Hebrews 9.14. We so often confuse the two. Hebrews 9.14 Go to 13 and 14 Hebrews 9.13 and 14 Can somebody read? Okay now listen If you were under the law of Moses And you had to touch a dead body You had to be sanctified But not sanctified in the sense of uh, make holy but sanctified in another meaning you had to be purified okay now there's a difference between sanctified and purified purified means remove any dirt remove any uncleanness okay so that's what katariso actually means to purify to make clean sanctify means to make sacred to make that thing holy. So if I make this, if I sanctify this, I'm saying this guitar is going to be used only for singing to God. I'm making this holy. It can't just be used for playing Hotel California. It's a special guitar. It's special. It's sacred. You see, so when I say, for example, I want to sanctify this Bible, I can't just uh, tear pages. It has God's word. So I treat it with a certain reverence, right? In the same way, if I make something sacred, I attach an importance to it for which it is set apart only for the purposes of God. When I make something clean, I remove anything that is dirty in it. I purify it, right? Much like uh, rice, right? You don't just take the rice because now you got you get ready-made rice that's clean but before if you remember you had to really clean the rice you had to you know remove all the uh, things that have been thrown in there and all that stuff correct or for that matter any other thing right you don't you don't just uh, take an apple that you buy from the shop and eat it you clean it right you wash it maybe you remove any sort of pesticide any dirt that might be there or not you clean it you remove any admixture you remove anything that is that is added there any adulteration which is there any dirt which is there any anything that is dirty which is in there you remove it right you purify it go on verse 14 how much more okay so if you I, I 
forgot what I was saying. If, if you touched a dead body, or if you had a person who was from your family who had leprosy and you touched him, or you were even in his presence, or you even stayed in, his, in the same house, you had to be purified. For you to be purified, you had to follow a certain ritual according to the law of Moses. What was that ritual? You had to take a heifer or a goat or a deer or a, or a, or, or a, um, a, a bull, okay? Sacrifice it. That sacrifice was then burned. The ashes were then put in a water. That water then was sprinkled on you and on that house. And you had to follow something this for seven days or something like that. Then you were clean from that leprosy or from that any contamination from the dead body. Because, uh, because God made one thing very clear to the Jews that our bodies are meant to be pure. And so he was trying to get this point across through all these rituals and ceremonies that he had. And so what the writer of Hebrews says is if, if the ashes of the bulls and the cows and all of these things purified our flesh, okay, how much more would the blood of Jesus, God's son, the blood of Jesus himself, God come down as flesh? How much more would his blood, what does he say there? Purify or cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. What's the word used there for purify? Katharizo. Okay? The blood of Jesus cleanses our conscience from dead works. To serve the living God. Now, to really understand what this Katariso means, I want somebody to turn to um, Hebrews, uh, sorry, uh, Matthew chapter 8, verses 2 and 3. Matthew 8, verses 2 and 3. This really vividly shows us, it's the same word Katariso that is used there. Matthew 8, 2 and 3. And behold the leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Okay, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Katharizo. Go on. And then Jesus went out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. I am willing. Okay. Be cleansed. Be Katharizo. And then what happened? Immediately his leprosy was katariso, cleansed. Do you understand? This gives us vividly the meaning of katariso. Removes anything that's dirty. Removes anything that is unclean from the person or the object. Right? Another example is <clears throat> Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10 verses 15. Now, uh, Peter was a Jew. And as Jews, you couldn't eat certain animals. Do you know that? You couldn't eat frogs. You couldn't eat deers. You couldn't eat eagles. You couldn't eat lions. You couldn't eat horse meat. 
you couldn't eat um, lizards. You couldn't eat a lot of things. Certain meats were unclean. Okay, certain meats were unclean, uh, considered unclean. You couldn't eat pig. You couldn't have sausages. You couldn't have sarpatel. You couldn't. Okay, it was considered unclean. Now, God shows Peter some unclean animals in a vision. And then he tells Peter, rise and kill those animals. And Peter says, see, listen, I am not, I'm a Jew, he says, and I have followed your law and I have never, ever eaten anything unclean. I have always ate, eaten something cleansed. I have always eaten the things that were clean according to your law, according to your, to your command. And look at what Jesus, uh, look at what the Lord tells him. And a voice spoke to him again the second time. What God has, you must not call common. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. What does that mean? What God has cleansed, you must not call, you must not call casual. You must not call uh, uh, unclean so to say because God has cleansed why why was God really telling him you should not consider it unholy rather why was God telling him that because Cornelius a Roman centurion was going to ab about to call him to his house and a Jew would never enter the house of a Gentile the Roman was a Gentile he would never enter a Jew would never enter the house of a Gentile because he would be unclean and so God says what I have cleansed you can't call unclean anymore you see, it's the same word, katharizo, to make clean. These two things governed the life of a Jew. Katharizo and hagiaso. Hagiaso is to make holy, to make sacred. Katharizo is to make clean. And quite often we confuse between the two. Yeah? We think we, we are made clean to be holy. Right? But there's two different things. One is to make clean and one is to make holy. Now, the word of God tells us two things that happens through the blood of Jesus. And we've seen both of those. Hebrews 9.14 and Hebrews 13.12. What does Hebrews 9.14 say? That the blood of Jesus cleanses us. Right? Sorry. Wrong side. Cleanses us. Right? The blood of Jesus. That's what Hebrews 13, 12 says. Uh, Hebrews 9, 14 says. The blood of Jesus cleanses us. What does Hebrews 9, 14, uh, Hebrews 13, 12 say? Hebrews 13, 12 says that the blood of Jesus sanctifies us. Which basically means makes us holy. I don't know whether we understand the impact of these two things. The blood of Jesus is not some ointment that is there, which you can keep applying. You know, some people say, I always uh, pray to the blood of Jesus. Pray to the blood of Jesus? What do you mean pray to the blood of Jesus? You can't pray to the blood of Jesus. Some people say, no, I keep applying the blood of Jesus. I apply the blood of Jesus on my body. I apply the blood of Jesus. But where is the blood of Jesus? What are you talking about? Christianity is not something which is a mythical thing. Okay, it's not like, for example, some of the, uh, you know, 
mythological religions right like for example if you say something that is that is not not nice a hindu might say oh shub 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 no 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 don't don't talk like that don't talk. as though it cleanses what you are saying it doesn't right it doesn't at all by you saying some word right or for example uh, uh, a catholic might might uh, take holy water and try to throw holy water right thinking that holy water is going to make something holy but who's made the water holy not god a man right how can a man make anything holy only god can correct so if if we just imagine something and say oh blood of jesus blood of jesus i'm going to apply the blood of jesus on my child on on my on my house on my gate on my door where is the blood of jesus you are imagining it the blood of jesus was already shed 2000 years ago at the cross on calvary the blood of jesus was already shed what we are doing today is claiming that which the blood of jesus that was shed 2000 years ago guarantees for us today do you understand the blood of jesus was shed 2000 years ago because of that it gives us a certain guarantee of certain things certain blessings that is what we claim today because we are saved but we are not really taking the blood of jesus or really touching the blood of jesus here and there no 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 it's because the blood of jesus was shed that is why today i can claim the promises that the word of god gives us and one of that is that the blood of jesus cleanses us it cleanses us it cleanses us does not mean that there is some blood that is flowing right now that is cleaning me no 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 but because the blood of jesus was was shed i am now a new being i am now a new being when i put my faith in jesus christ i am made new that's why the word of god says that the one who is in christ is a new creation the old is gone and the new has come i'm made new i'm cleansed and look at what he says cleanses our conscience from all dead works you know what that means that means your conscience can be a faulty conscience right you and i can have a faulty conscience and because of sin we do have a faulty conscience until we are baptized until we give our faith to christ until we commit our lives to christ this faulty conscience remains the moment we commit our lives to christ jesus begins a process of cleansing our conscience our faulty conscience and making it pure again till then you and i quite often have a faulty conscience that's why some people say uh, to those who are not christian just follow what your conscience is telling you but what if your conscience is faulty then what are you going to follow correct what if your conscience is faulty what are you going to follow and that is what the lord has done for us he has cleansed our conscience our faulty conscience from dead works what is the meaning of dead works can somebody tell me what is the meaning of dead works the word dead basically means what without any without any life correct 
So when someone is dead, can he cook? Can he stand? Can he dance? That person is dead like a corpse. Right? Until we are cleansed by the blood of Christ, our conscience leads us to do dead works. Works that have no benefit. The moment we put our faith in Christ, the whole perspective of our mind changes. Did you realize? The moment you have put your faith in Christ, you immediately start thinking about eternity. Right? You immediately start saying, what does this matter in eternity? What does this matter as far as heaven? Because you have been cleansed from dead works. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? You have been cleansed from dead works. You have been cleansed from those works which make you do things which really don't profit. It's dead. No life, no profit. It's dead. And that's what the word of God tells us. That the blood of Jesus cleanses us from dead works to serve the living God. That's the ultimate aim. From living in dead works. That means works which are basically dead, have no life in them, that lead us to die, that lead us to sin, that don't have any profit in them. It makes no sense. Like for example, I'll give you an example of a dead work. Uh, say for example, Kiran wants to go from Mar- Margaon to Panjim. He wants to go from Margaon to Panjim. And he's trying his best. He urgently has to reach by 1 o'clock to Panjim. He's going to try his best to do everything possible to go from here in time so that he reaches at 1 o'clock in Panjim. Yes or no? Yes, he's going to try his best to do everything possible to reach at 1 o'clock in Panjim. Yes? On the way, he stops for a samosa. Does that eating the samosa help him reach Panjim faster? No. On the way, he decides to buy a new shirt. Does that new shirt help him reach Panjim faster? Not at all. Then he decides to cut his hair. Does that cutting hair help him reach Panjim faster? Do you understand? What are all these? With the goal of reaching Panjim, he's going towards Panjim. He needs to do everything possible actually to reach Panjim faster. But what is he doing? A lot of other unnecessary things that really don't help him as far as going to Panjim is concerned. You see, in our past life, we have been doing things that really don't help us in any way to be cleansed. That really don't help us in any way to be free from sin, to be forgiven, to be going to heaven, to be raised from the dead. We really didn't do anything. But now, 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 now the moment we put our faith in Jesus Christ, these dead works are cancelled. What's the opposite of dead works? What is the opposite of dead works? Works which are dead are works which have no profit, lifeless. Right? So living works. What are living works? All that you would do to serve God. We move from not serving God to serving God. That's what the blood of Jesus really does for us. Has done for us. The moment we put our faith, because Jesus shed his blood... Your punishment was put upon him. Your sins were cancelled. And the contamination that came upon you because of that sin was cleansed. It was cleansed. That's what happened. 
the day you committed your life to Christ. Are you following so far? Yes? The day you committed your life to Christ, you were cleansed from the dead works. Works that the world is leading you to start serving God. The problem is quite often we get back to dead works. Look at what's, what verse 15 says. And for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. That those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. What is the eternal inheritance? That you and I are going to live. That our bodies are going to rise from the dead. That when we die, our soul is going where? Straight to heaven, in the presence of God. And that our bodies are going to rise from the dead. That's the assurance that we get because of the cross. There's nobody who can assure you that. No insurance policy can assure you that. In, in, fact, in fact, they'll ask you to put in money, 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 and give you like a few piddly points of interest and give you whatever money you put in back. That's how foolish insurance policies are. But you look at what Jesus Christ tells you. Put your faith, trust in him, depend on him. What do you get? A resurrection from the dead. We trust these investment policies so much more than God himself. God promises us much more than we could ever imagine. He cleanses us. He cleanses us. Those dead works, those attitudes, those styles, that, that, that um, fashion that we had inside to just do things. Just do things which doesn't really please God. Which is not really serving God. To now start living your life to serve God completely. The question you need to ask yourself is this. Are you really serving God? Are you wanting to go back to your dead works? The fact that Christ has cleansed you from all the dead works. Are you planning to go back to your dead works? Are you wanting to live your life to serve God every day of your life? What else does the blood of Jesus do for us? Let's go to Hebrews 13, 12. Verse 11, for the bodies of the, those animals whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burnt outside the camp. Therefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. What he's trying to say is, they would take the bodies of those animals that were sacrificed outside the gate of the city, burn it there. And then bring the blood separately. Jesus also was not crucified in the city of Jerusalem. He was crucified outside the gates of the city of Jerusalem. When Jesus shed his blood, his blood has sanctified us. You know what that means? His blood has 
made us holy. Now, 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 do you know what that means? It means that you and I are sacred. We are holy. We are set apart for God. And when we take that which is holy and make it unholy and use it for unholy purposes, we are sinning against whom? Do you understand that? If we are going to take ourselves and our lives and our bodies which are sanctified, we are made holy, our, our charge sheet, the moment you accepted Christ, the moment you committed your life to Christ, your charge sheet of sin was cancelled completely. You were forgiven. I don't know whether you realize this, but you are forgiven. That's why the word of God says that I will remember their sins no more. You are forgiven. Don't let anybody drag you into the sins of which you were forgiven already. Don't let Satan try to bring that guilt back in you. You have been forgiven. But the moment you were forgiven, you were also made holy. You were sanctified, made holy, set apart for God. Am I using my life set apart for God? Am I using it for my own purposes? I'm not only purified, I'm not only cleansed from the contamination of sin, but I'm also made holy. They're two different things. Just because you clean something does not make it holy. It has to be made holy. It has to be made holy. That's where you get the word hagiaso. You know what hagiaso means? Sanctified. You know what you get sanctified from? Hagiaso in Latin basically means sancte. That is why those who are sanctified and made holy are called what? Saints. They're called saints. You and I are saints. Not because of the suffering we've gone through. Not because of the persecution we are going through. Not because of things people are saying. Not because of any sickness. We are made saints because our charge sheet has been cancelled when Jesus shed his blood. You are made holy. You are made a saint. Not because of some procedure that you've been through. You've not been through some canonization procedure. It's not because of any miracles that, you, that people have prayed to you and got. No, 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 no. You are made saints because of the blood of Christ. And when the Catholic Church comes up and says, this person is a saint because of these, these miracles that have happened and this is the procedure that we followed, you are going against the word of God because you are not made a saint because of anything that you've done. You are made a saint because of the blood of Jesus that was shed on that cross. Do you believe that? Do you understand that? 
You are made a saint. We are made saints because of the blood of Jesus. You need to put off or you are leaving. We are made saints because of the blood of Jesus. We are made holy because of the blood of Jesus. We are made sacred because of the blood of Jesus. Isn't that a privilege? There's nothing you have to do. You are holy. That's why you have access to God. You can go straight to God because you are holy. You are special in the eyes of God. You are set apart in the eyes of God. Each one of you here is special in the eyes of God. You are made holy in the eyes of God. You are set apart for God's purposes. When a vessel was taken, any object was taken in the temple and it was sprinkled with the blood of the lambs, that vessel was made holy. It could only be used to worship God. You are made holy. You are only used to worship God and to serve God. That must be our purpose. That must be our aim. That must be the, um, the passion that drives us. The ambition that we have to serve God at all times. Are you and I serving God? Or do we have other goals and other ambitions in our lives? Do we have other goals and ambitions? We are sanctified by the blood of the Lamb. You and I are made holy by the blood of the Lamb. Are you living holy lives? Am I living holy life? Let's turn to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 6, 11. But you were washed. What that means? You were cleansed. You were washed. Then what else? You were sanctified. Made holy. And you were justified. What does justified mean? Your sins are forgiven. Three things that happened. You were washed. You were cleansed. Removed all the... All the you were delivered. The forces of Satan inside of you were cast out. You were set free. Satan had no power over you. You were cleansed completely. You were made holy. Which means that you were set apart for God. And you were justified. In the name of the Lord and by the Spirit of our God. The blood of Jesus was poured, was shed 2,000 years ago. And in the name of the Lord, by the Spirit of God, you and I have been forgiven. Let's close our eyes for a second. Father, we thank and praise you, Lord. For the fact that you have forgiven us, Lord. That you have cleansed us, Lord. That you have made us holy, Lord. 
that you have sanctified us by the blood of Jesus, Lord. That the blood of Jesus was shed, Lord. Your son. And we have been set apart for you, Lord. Today we make a firm decision, Lord. To worship you. To serve you. That everything of our life, we will do our best to serve you, Lord. In everything that we do, that we will make our best to serve you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Glory to you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah.